Welcome to the Known Legacy Podcast, by Dads for Dads, coming at you from the Lone Star State Cigar Shop in Allen, Texas. For more info, go to www.knownlegacy.org or look for us on social media under Known Legacy. Now here's your host, Bill and Travis. Good morning, Bill. Hey, man. How you doing? I'm good. Uh, I was reminiscing oh, earlier this, this week. I like reminiscing. And uh, I was thinking about uh, my buddy Scott. And uh, and I remember I was uh, we were at this place called Dar- Darien Lake. Darien Lake. Darien Lake. It's like a Six Flags. It okay. is a Six Flags, but it's in New York. Okay. And we call those Tetris parks. Tetris. Not Tetris. Te- um, oh, what's the disease you get from rusty nails? Tetanus. Tetanus. Tetanus parks. Yeah. There you go. That's that's a, probably a very true. This was years ago. So this was like almost twenty years ago. I was twenty one years old at the time, and uh, I had. I'm gonna confess. Something very deep. I had never ridden a roller coaster before. And you're 21 years old? 21. Wow. And so, uh, so anyway, so I was, uh, he was like, man, you should go on this, you should go on this, this, uh, you should go on this, uh, sorry. Yeah, he was telling me, he said, you should go uh, on, on a roller coaster. I'm like, no, man, I'm deathly afraid of roller coasters. He's like, well, let's try it. So we go on this one wooden roller coaster, like 60 feet drop, you know, right. whatever, and you're like... Old school, rickety, yeah. like you get, you and get I was a like, whiplash halfway through because it's like... Yeah, exactly. But I was like... You know, and so I get on, I'm like, okay, that wasn't that bad. And he's like, well, let's try and do the Superman. And so the Superman, so I'm looking at the stats, like 70 degree angle... 270 foot drop something like that some ridiculous I don't remember yeah. what the numbers are you get going 110 there miles were a lot an of sevens like yeah. yeah 77 <laughs> miles an hour and so and uh and so so he's like it's not bad it's nothing different than the other one and I'm like so okay, Scott so, lied to you well kind of so I'm <laughs> he totally lied to oh, you. totally lied to me so so I'm in the line and I'm like I'm dry heaving I'm like you know hopefully that doesn't gross anybody out out there and I am in this line, and he's like, "Dude, you can do this. You can do this." I'm like, "Dude, I don't know if I can do this." And I'm like, and I'm watching like 11 year olds go by me. <laughs> and they're like, "That was the greatest thing." I'm like, "Okay, I'm gonna be okay." So I'm rationalizing, not dying, you know. And I'm like, "Why am I?" The 10 year old girl with pigtails is yeah, like, and "She's like, that's such a, yeah, yeah, that was so much fun." And yeah, let's do it again. And so I'm, uh, I finally get on, and that that thing comes. Well, no, I think it like comes up to your seat, and because uh, he's like, "See, there's nothing overhead. It's yeah. it's on your seat, so it doesn't go upside." I'm like, "Okay," and it goes on, and you hear clink. And he starts laughing. He goes, "Ha ha!" He goes, "This is the fastest and biggest roller coaster at that time. It was yeah. in America." And I'm like, ah! <laughs> ah! And I'm screaming my head off. And I'm, and it's like you know, you're like, click, 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 click. And I'm watching the guys in the airplane, like, hey, you know, they're waving at me. And I'm like, oh, you're having a soda. Okay, I see that. And so here I'm. No, the next uh, uh, eleven over on the crossword puzzle, you know, is bacon or whatever. And so here I am up at the very top, and it's like, chuk, 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 chuk. and we're like second car in. So the right. first car's hanging over, and then and then we're hanging over, and all of a sudden you hear this, whoosh, and I'm down, and it's like, and you feel like you're coming inside, and like almost like it's not a 90 degree angle, it's like a, you know, you're going back inside, like the circle, and then all of a sudden you come back up, and it's like, and I'm I'm like, uh, you know, you feel that feeling, like everything's like, so my stomach's in my throat, and oh, I can yeah. I can oh, pull yeah. my intestine out of my mouth, kind of thing, oh, yeah. and I'm like, and all of a sudden, shoosh, and you're like, oh, this is the greatest day of my life. <laughs> and I and I came up and you're down and you're all over the place and you're flipping around the circles and you get off and and your adrenaline's going and the first thing I was like is let me do that again yeah and I get back in line and the first thing I wanted to do was punch myself in the face because <laughs> I was like why did I wait 
so long, so long to do this awesome ride. Now I'm not a really now I'm old and I'm like everything hurts, like the neck hurts, the back hurts. I'm like <laughs> I don't want to go on anything. And uh, sometimes the uh, carts don't fit right anymore because uh, they've gotten smaller. I'm convinced. Yeah, the carts they made the carts smaller yeah, than when the, I was 19. The, the seats are all smaller. Yeah, exactly. Because my waist <laughs> hasn't grown at all. It's the carts that right have, that have right. grown that have shrunk. So, but so I looked at this and I got so mad at myself because for 21 years mm. I let fear dictate my reaction wow and so it frustrated me and you know this week i've had a couple of good conversations with some of my brothers in the battle who are walking through fear and i know we have might have talked about fear before always but i don't think we can talk about it enough because it drives <laughs> no. so much hidden fears drive us known yeah. fears drive us and uh man they paralyze us in so many different ways it's absolutely crazy you know and we we talk about this a lot with known legacy is that fear is a constant correct and there are two options in it we either sit in it or we learn to walk through it right and those guys that i see who sit in it which were me we create our truth in there and we create our boundaries in there we look down on all those who don't you know who don't see the fear the way i see it i've seen churches who create their doctrine around fear right um there is a thin line between fear and stewardship oh and i think a lot of people need to be cautious with using the word stewardship when they're afraid correct um i don't think that's stupidity i think that's the idea of of we well we want to be good stewards and so you know when this comes in we'll do this or when this happens we'll do this and um and and I guess I wanted to just talk about it bring it up walk through this because it just feels like God is leading us today to talk about this idea of fear as I've as I talk to guys who want to step away from the job they're in or step out and do something that they've never done before that is completely anti the norm of who they are right of Okay, so now I'm retired, or now I've now I've got this this opportunity that 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 I've got some freedom, but I still don't know because I'm afraid. Right. What's interesting is I've been listening to some different podcasts because uh, I got a lot of time on my hands driving to and from Argyle right now, and uh, one of the guys, uh, Jordan Peterson, he's a trained clinical psychiatrist and, mm-hmm. and he talks a lot about fear and how fear is actually hardwired into the brain it's one of those things that we got from the very beginning because it's it's a the flight and f- fight and mechanism it allows us to survive it gives keeps yeah. us safe and stuff like that but when fear triggers into the unhealthy realm it's very difficult and one of the things that he talks about is um when you, like what you said there's two options sit in it or face it right yeah, yeah. and he talks about the the as a clinical psychiatrist, whenever you're dealing with someone with a phobia, which is an unrealistic fear of a situation, um, you have to, um, the only way to truly help them is to invite them and let them choose to walk into that fear. Yeah. If the fear is forced on them, you know, like the old, um, you know, my dad did this to me when he caught me smoking a cigarette when I was growing up. He pulled out the whole pack of cigarettes and he's like, now nah, you're going to smoke them all and you puke your guts out and you never smoke them again, right? And we can do that with fear too, you know, yeah. like um, my kid's, Deathly afraid of heights, so um, I'm going to make him climb the tallest ladder, and he's going to get over it. And so you can force them into that, but that yeah. doesn't actually help them. Yeah. What helps them is creating a place where they can choose to walk into that fear. And as they choose to walk into the fear, one of the amazing things that we've started to learn is it actually rewires the brain to um, embrace it and to overcome it. And so you know the whole idea of fear. Is, is to overcome fear is to have the posture of courage. Yeah. To look at it, identify it, the, like the root fear. What's the root of the fear? Not It's not always the object that we're facing. It's not always the situation that we're in. There's something else behind that. So taking time to really identify the root of that fear. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And then taking the courage to 
step into it voluntarily. And as we step into that fear voluntarily, our brains are actually rewired to um, overcome that and no longer see that as a fear situation. It's absolutely fascinating stuff, and I think that has a lot to do with what we're talking about. Yes. Guys are, are stuck in fear. They don't haven't identified what's behind that fear, and because they haven't identified what's behind that fear, they don't know how to, with courage, step into it and overcome some of that fear. Mm. You know, I, I think that's where we want to come back to the givens that we've always talked about. You know, uh, again, the filters. The filters that seem to always come up with, with known legacy or with what we talk about. When I mean known legacy, just our lives. Of The first thing, you guys listening, I hope you've come to the realization or at least struggled with the argument that do you truly believe that God's word is true? Even the parts that you don't like. If you're willing to accept that as your standard of truth, is God's word true, yes or no? If it's true, which we believe it is wholeheartedly, even the parts that I don't like, there's a lot of them that I'm like, I struggle with this, but it's true because it's beyond my, my emotion. If God's word is true, then God is for us. Again, Psalm 103. Go through and read Psalm 103, and you'll see how God is for you. Zephaniah 3.17, that God sings over you. Right. That if we can grasp the idea in this truth that God is for us, that we love because he first loved us. He is for us in the midst of our fear. It's not conditional. Right. In right. Fact, and that's the huge part. Yeah. And that's actually where yeah. the strength to give us the courage to face our fears comes from. Yes. Because it's not up to us. It's the God who created us to sit down and say, I've created you for something more than this. So you can walk into the desert. So you can cross the Red Sea because I'm providing a way for you to face your fear, the deepest fear that you have, and with boldness and with courage that comes from the cross of Christ, step into it. Yes. It's, it's this idea that, it's yes, it's dark out there, but for us to walk in that, that his word's a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. It's not a... It's not a giant spotlight that shoots the next 30 steps. It's the next step. And a lot of times that's truly all we have is the next step. So I keep, I keep thinking about that, that, okay, God's for us. And then when we know that our God's for us, as we look at his word, he's like, and then you knowing that I'm for you, here's what I'm going to say about you, that you are a masterpiece that you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Right. You, I know you've heard these verses if you've been through this podcast before, because we're going to be a broken record because those words have power because they're not from, from Travis and myself. They're from the word of God that says you are made for more than just to sit in your fear. Right. And I think the reason why we keep coming back to this is, again, going back to the fear that's always a constant. If you've ever been in that situation where you don't know what to do next and fear is starting to grip you, it becomes a very loud, repeating record that you cannot seem to get beyond. It becomes a, a death spiral, some would say, yeah. where you become absolutely frozen and all you can hear is that fear. And so we want to speak and say, no, 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 there's another voice speaking in the midst of that fear, in the midst of that storm, and it's this, the voice of God that says, I'm for you, yeah. and you are wonderfully made. You're a poem that I am currently writing into this world. Yes, yes. And so so in the midst of this, part of that poem is the fear of what? what's next like where do i go and that, that that's where the trust comes in just like you were talking you know yeah uh, you know the first foot of soil as god digs us in <laughs> is is usually pretty easy it's that it's that milk that you know that we're god's just like I'm, i love you i'm for you i love you and it's like and, and again once we get through it's like i still love you right but i'm gonna make this hard i heard this story about bald eagles now if i'm wrong you guys can refute me but i i did a little research and maybe my research came up void like it's a wikipedia search but i'm from what i researched a bald eagle, I believe it's a bald eagle, the mother will, if the baby will not jump from the nest to learn to fly, she'll start to make it uncomfortable. Mm. She'll start to 
take out the the feathers and the and, and the things to keep it warm to where this baby's shaken. Right. Um, and and so 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 a lot of times you know when you have conversations in yourself with the Lord with others you're like man I feel like something's happening and I'm uncomfortable now. Right. God is going I I am moving you to mount up with wings as eagles. Ah, to walk and not be nice. weird, you know. So, so this idea of us to fly, you know, there's no guarantees. I there's no guarantees. I can fly. Yeah. I believe I can touch the sky. So, it's like you even know the words are, do you? No, it's on Yes Man when he's like in the, he's in like the, he's in the elevator, and he's like, he doesn't even know what he's saying, but I love it. And then he gets indicted, indicted, indicted. So, but no, I think you're exactly right on that. In the sense that. Um, I love the illustration of God's not going to throw you out of the nest, but God's going to make it very uncomfortable where you're at because he wants you to grow beyond those first six inches of soil yeah. that have been cultivated that are easy to get your roots grown. And he's like, I want you to go deep in this relationship. Yeah. And so I'm going to force your roots to go deeper and deeper into the rocky soil where it's not as easy and where sometimes you're longing for that drink of water, that baptismal water that I gave you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's going to be uncomfortable, but it's in those uncomfortable seasons, those uncomfortable times that I'm actually preparing you for what's ahead. Yeah, like you're already, okay, so if you're a child of God, you're already a piece of gold and God is going to refine you and he's like, I see more of what you can do mm-hmm. and so many guys push that fear down and they, they rationalize their life with it. Well, if I do this, I won't have this security. I won't do this. I'm not saying just I'll throw- I'll lose my retirement. Exactly. Like, I'll lose my health care. I'll lose all of these socially propped up fear mitigators Yeah. when God's going, that stuff isn't going to be there for you. Like, rely on me. Not your Roth IRA correct, to provide for you. Rely on me for the health and well-being of your family and see how I provide for you when all of a sudden, you know, the obnoxious number comes through and see what the body of Christ might be able to do to help you through the situation. Peter, when he walked on water, um, when, you, when you read it, Jesus never actually invited him out there until Peter said, may I come out here? Like, oh. can I come walk on the water? And he's like, yeah, come on out. Yeah. And so so a lot of times we're we're waiting for the writing in the sky that's like, Bill, my plan for you is and I'm like, Oh, okay, that's good. But that takes Three no points. faith. Right. That takes no faith. And we have a God that we can trust or his word isn't true. And what the world is waiting for is for people who go, God's word is true. He is so for me. I am a masterpiece. I'm gonna step out. I'm gonna try and walk on water. So but but should there be some some like I think there needs to be a process. So that you don't step, because I, I think we all have those stories of people who were convinced that that was the case, and they walked out into an oncoming train that absolutely just wrecked them. Now, God may be working through that oncoming train. I'm yeah. not saying he's not, but I think there's some, some, some good steps to go through as you process through fear. One absolutely. is things we've talked about before. Don't do it alone. Yep. Who's your brother in arm that you're processing through your fear? Who's the brother in arm that you're saying, man, I feel like God's calling me to do this. If you're getting affirmation from him and from others that this is what you're wired for, this is what you're gifted for, then maybe God is saying, right, right, get out of the boat, get out of yeah, the boat, yeah, yeah. get out of the boat. Um, so you got to have a brotherhood. So it, it, my fear is that someone has a dream and they're like, this is what God has called me to do. And everyone around them is like, no. Yeah. But they do it anyways, and then it fails miserably because it was a bologna sandwich that was speaking to them yeah, yeah, yeah. that they had the night before. It's not actually the voice of God. So have a brotherhood. Yeah. I think the other posture is um, have a season of fasting and prayer. Yes. If, if, if you go through a season of fasting and prayer and you still have in your heart of hearts that this is, it's been affirmed by brothers, fasting and prayer, you're still having the spirit in you that that is becoming something like 
I cannot not do this. Yes. Chances are God is working there, and God is maybe calling you to take that bold step out of the safety of the boat. And I would say that even in the midst of that, so we find those around us that we can talk to. We get on our face, and there is no timeline for that. So that's the thing. We, we have a timeline. Okay, well, I'm going to give it three months. And God's like, no, God's timeline is so different than ours. It is so far above where we are as we think and we process information. Again, we talked about the agricultural element of that. We need to bathe this in prayer, get in our face. And, and here's the thing. We can pray, we can seek God, and we start making those small steps. It's like, again, it goes back to, to the widow who goes, you know what? I, I, am, I am going to, I'm going to wait for Mr. Wright to come knock on the door. And all I'm going to do is eat, <laughs> is eat bonbons and read romance novels. But really what I do is I got to prepare my heart for what God has next. I need to prepare my heart to say, God, you are preparing me, so I'm going to be healthy because the person who comes into my life deserves me to be healthy, right? Deserves not to deal with me holding my hand as I'm in a, you know, as I'm sick and dying, but more, which is an honest part of what happens, but you don't start the situation with that. You, you prepare yourself for the things I want to do. And so, so you walk in this faith to go, God, I'm going to trust you in this. So knowing, so if you're married and you're going, man, the Lord is calling me to do this. I will tell you boldly that if your wife isn't on board, don't do it. Then you don't do it. You know, if your adventure doesn't include your spouse, it's simply a getaway. Ooh. And so, oh, so, say that again. Say so that if again. If your adventure doesn't include your spouse, it's simply a getaway. And so, so we need to, to walk in this idea of we need to be one. This is the other half of your flesh. Right. So, so in your fear, you need to be honest with your spouse. Because if you're not honest with her with where you are, then it becomes, and I've seen this even in ministry. I've seen guys who are like, well, God's called me to do this. And the wife's like, yep, God's called him to do this. And I hope to God that it's real. You know, like right. there, there's such an unsurety and we've not walked with our spouse to go, where are you with this? Right. So, so uh, two years ago, uh, my family's situation, I was at a church. I was serving as a pastor. Things were going well um, and everything was safe and secure and, and moving in the right direction. And I was given this opportunity or, or was, yeah, given an opportunity to process through about stepping out of that comfort into the unknown, doing this apostolic church planting process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I uh, had a conversation with a guy and, and it, it brought me joy to hear about the idea that he was throwing out there. Yeah. I didn't know I was going to be part of it. It just brought me joy. Yeah. So I think sometimes that's a good indicator that God might be up to something. There's a joy. There's a delight that's there. Yeah. So I go home and I share it with my wife. My wife's first comment was this. That's what you're wired for. Mm. And I'm like, and I thought for sure she would say that's the dumbest idea ever. We've already planted a church. Why in the world would we try to plant three churches in 10 <laughs> years? That's brutally hard. It wrecks us in some ways. Why would we want How to do that? How dare you? Yeah. Right. And, and so I'm expecting her to put the kibosh on it. And all of a sudden she looks at me and goes, that's what you're wired for. Affirmation from people who know and love me and care for me. And she, my wife is, is somewhat on board with this. I'm like, okay, I need to pray about this. So I pray about it, pray about it, pray about it. Me with this guy again, and he starts talking about this idea and how he's looking at maybe someone else to do this. And in my spirit, I got very, um, I don't want to say anxious. I don't want to say, I got sad. Maybe that's the word, sad, where I'm like going, no, that's me. Why are you going to give it to someone else? Yeah. I want to do And all of a sudden, those were the affirmations that God's saying, Harchin. I'm calling you to do something that's obnoxious and different and no one else has ever done it this way for a long time. Yeah. Um, trust me. Yeah. And all of a sudden, my wife and I had this unity of idea, unity of heart to sit down and say, we are willing to um, put everything on the line and take this step with no guarantees. Yeah. 
just to see what would happen because it's what you're wired for and it's it's stirring your spirit and bringing you life as you face what other people would see as stupid crazy and would bring them fear and and death yeah you know and so for for me it was that yeah. moment of like all of those pieces came together and allowed me and allowed my family to step into this fear moment of going okay we're going to have to start another church from scratch yeah huh this should be fun I love it because when I was starting Known Legacy, the, the one of the linchpins for me to go, I need to do this, was, wait a minute. Because God was like, if you don't do it, I'm going to get someone else. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, 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 no. This is what I want to do. Like, <laughs> I, you, don't you dare find someone else. And so I was so bothered by the fact that I was going to watch someone else in the highlight reel. Not, not in a selfish way, but right. God used them. Wait, it, Does that make sense? It, yeah, it's like the, when the opportunity is presented and it matches your gifts internally and you just, it resonates. It's like that perfect chord and everything is in line. You, there's something in your spirit that just resonates saying, this is what I'm for. Yeah. And, and I think there's a lot of guys that are sitting there going, oh, that's nice for you guys. I'm sitting in the spot where I don't have the opportunity and I don't have the, the harmony to know. So I'm really stuck in this no man's land and fear is what I see all around me. And, and I think that's what we're inviting guys to do, yes. to step into that no man's land and say, no, 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 God's word is true. Yep. He has created you for a purpose. Yep. Maybe you haven't discovered it yet. Maybe you've discovered it and you've denied it because, and you've denied it for a long time. So the reasons you've denied it have sounded like truth, but in, in reality, they're just clever excuses to no longer obey the wall, will of God. So maybe yeah. it's, it's taken some time and it takes time. It takes time. To go back and say, okay, what brings me joy? What do I find that comes easy to me that others struggle with? Those those are giftings and callings. What is it that has uniquely been placed on my heart that I cannot shake? And if I see someone else do it, something internally mourns or cries or or there's a disappointment that I'm not a part of that. Those are indicators that God is working uniquely in you for you to give you purpose and meaning beyond a paycheck that you get from nine to five. Yeah, it's the Shrek onion. The Shrek. The Shrek onion theology. So, so we have this idea. We don't know what it looks like. We get in our face. God, peel back the layers. Because there's, in, in the midst of our selfishness, there's, this, there's this, this heart. See, the enemy wants to corrupt what God has called good. And so we're like, God, I really want to do this. And at first it could be extremely selfish. And you're like, God, but I'm giving this to you and I, give, I want you to peel back the onion so that we get to the heart of the issue and go, this is what I was really called for. Right. And so I remember sitting uh, on the side of a stage one time wanting to be a rock star. I remember that. I was like, I, sh- I want to be a rock star. <laughs> and, I, and I tried and I went through and I, and I allowed fear to speak into me a lot. But I remember that as I, as I, God, I just need you to show up because I keep screwing this thing up. And he's like, and I literally, I think I was watching Shrek and God was like, he used Shrek, you know, not the donkey. He used Shrek. And he was like, onions have layers. And I'm like, and God's like, I am peeling back those layers. And God is doing that same thing. And th- this may be where you are. You're sitting in your truck and you're listening to this. And you're going, I know I was made for more, but I don't even know what that more is. Right. And you get on your face right now. Well, maybe not on your face because you're driving. But you just seek the Lord right now and you say, God, I need you to reveal to me where I end and you begin like Ooh. peel off the layers of the selfishness of this and show me what you've called me to do. And he will. 
God is faithful. Scripture, I, 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 I'm running back to the scripture just in my mind where it says, what kind of father, if his child asks for a bread, would give him a stone? And what kind of father, who, if his child asks for a fish, would give him a snake? And it said, you being evil, earthly people, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more does this God who is stupid in love with you want to reveal right. that gifting in you? Right. So it starts to getting on your face. And, and, and let's be honest, the older we are, I think the harder it is because we've lost the ability to imagine. And a lot of seeing what God's purpose is, is to allow ourselves to daydream, to imagine, and to pursue things that don't fit into the roles and the um, uh, the rituals and the, the routines that we currently are in. And so it may be carving out some time on a regular basis, uh, on a weekly basis, to just sit there and go, man, God, I want to imagine again. I want to dream again. I want to, yeah. um, you know, just, I want to be a kid again. Yeah. In some ways. And yeah. dream the impossible. I mean, it was funny. I was at this uh, conference called Hook and Line, and it's this like think tank symposium thing. And these brilliant guys are, at, you know, all of them have PhDs except for me. Um, and I think I'm there just because I cook. You have a PhD in awesome. <laughs> Well, thank you. Thank you. Can I have a shirt made up like that? You can. PhD. PhD awesome. And awesome. I'm Dr. Awesome. Thank you very much. Dr. Dr. Awesome. <laughs> and, uh, and one of the guys, we're talking about rules of life. What are some of the rules of life that we live by? And one of the guys said, believe in fairies. And we all chuckled and were like, that's silly, you doctorate holding professor at a university. What are you talking about, believe in fairies? He goes, no, no, no. God has given us a gift like Tolkien like C.S. Lewis, to, to imagine the unimaginable. Yeah. And he loves to play in that area. The problem is we as adults think we outgrow that. Yeah. And that we become consumed with reality. Yeah. And he goes, there's something beautiful when we believe in fairies and believe the um, impossible. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm like, all right, that, there's a lot of truth to that. I think that's what we're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. We, we keep walking in this idea that, that it's going to be set out for us. You know, uh, Andy Stanley said, you're never more than 80% sure of anything you're going to do. I'm 60% sure that's a true statement. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, about, yeah, I'm about there. <laughs> and, and I think because as I talk to people, like, well, there's always that fear of the unknown. There's always going to be because either God's word's true and we trust it or it's not. Right. And we have it all figured out. Right. And, and I don't know. I mean, I'm not trying to say that figuring it out is boring. It's not boring, but I'm going, man, we rationalize things to the point of where we, we've removed God from, from the equation when we have it all figured out anyways. Right. And so, you know, we, you know, fear causes us to hold on to things too long, hoping comfort is better than sacrifice. Ooh, say that again. Say so that again. Fear, say that again. Fear causes us to hold on to things too long, hoping comfort is better than sacrifice. At the end of your life, as that machine is beeping, beep, beep, exactly, just like that, beep. are you going to want to say, beep. man, exactly, what's going to matter then? Right. And so as I look at that, I'm going, put yourself fast forward to that. I know we've talked about this again, but let's get reset. Fast forward to that part where those you love are most around you. What is going to matter at that moment? Right. I mean, we, you know, we, and, and from there can dictate some of, where this goes, as you are seeking the Father, as you are one with your spouse, as you say, this is the direction I believe God is, and he's peeling back those layers, it's, it starts by letting go. So, so um, going back to your er earlier illustration, as we kind of come to a close on this conversation, you came alive when you stepped into the fear and you experienced the amazing roller coaster ride that was before you. Yes. You came alive. 
Mm-hmm. I think a lot of us feel dead in our faith, and we think if I just know more about God, then I want depth, and 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 then I'll come alive. And God is like, no, no, no. This isn't about knowing more about. This is about stepping out and trusting. And yeah. as you step out and trust me in whatever that is, your faith will start to come alive. And I think ultimately you want to be at the end of the day with the beeps going in your ear and the family. You still want to have that last breath be a live breath. Yeah. I spent everything I had in myself right. to produce the most I could for the Lord to have the abundant life that he's uh, that he's offered to me. So a look at the horizon. Why does this? What does this mean for the family? It means this. God is desperate. There is no way the church of the 50s is going to reach the culture of 2020. There is no way the church of the 60s is going to reach the, 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 the culture of 2020. Nope. The reality is to reach the culture of 2020, we need young men and women who are bold and courageous through the word of God to step out into some very crazy, hairy situations and be bold prophets proclaiming love and grace in there. And that doesn't happen because they're still doing what was comfortable back in the 50s. That happens when they are ignited by faith. And they learn that through seeing moms and dads do that same thing in very simple ways. Our kids learn not to fear by us not learning to fear. Correct. So as we begin to walk in this, this isn't just for you. This is for your great-grandchildren who get to watch you do the things that you do and go, wow, grandpa at that time was probably stupid, but... Because of this, the fruit is we are all alive because of the trust that he had in the Father to do great things, and he showed us what it looked like to trust God in the unknown. You know, as Second Timothy uh, 4.7 says, For God gave us not a spirit of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Exactly. We need to walk in this power. We need to accept that love that he has us in. We need to walk going, God, I'm going to trust you because I can't do this on my own. I need you. I need to let go of what was to step into what to what could be. Not just for me, but for everyone who comes after me. Right. God is faithful. He will not leave us now. True. Thanks for being a part of the conversation, gentlemen. Info at knownlegacy.org. Um, anytime you have a thought, comment, um, Bill's always open to have a conversation with you. He's got tons of time. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, but we will respond to those emails when they come through. Thank you so much. Um, check us out on the uh, interwebs and uh, obviously subscribe. If you can, leave a review to the iTunes. Um, we yeah, have 17,000 downloads in, in the last year, which fun. is amazing. And uh, we want to keep that going. So uh, if you can help us get the word out on what yeah, God's doing through this friends. podcast, yeah, absolutely. Make that happen. So thank you for your time. God bless you guys. And be bold and step out into the fear knowing that God is for you. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to By Dads, For Dads on the Known Legacy podcast. Look for us on social media under Known Legacy or go to www.knownlegacy.org to stay connected. For booking or questions, email us at info at knownlegacy.org.